الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم هل أتى على الإنسان حين من الدهر لم يكن شيئا مذكورا إنا خلقنا الإنسان من نطفة أمشاج نبتليه فجعلناه سميعا بصيرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدنيا سجن المؤمن وجنة الكافر أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وصفت العلماء الكرام بردزن الرزق Allah Ta'ala has created insan, created us and sent us into this dunya for a very, very limited time. Person lives in this world, the average age of this mu'min and believer as Rasulullah has described is between 60 and 70. That is the average age of this ummah. Some will pass that age, many will go long before that time. In the short and limited time that a person has in this dunya, Allah Ta'ala has given us this obligation that we make our life in this dunya in such a way that we earn His pleasure. That is the ultimate, that is the greatest thing. The pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, this is the ultimate. Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with somebody then everything is done, everything is made, his dunya is made, his akhirat is made. Allah Ta'ala is displeased with someone, then he is in problems in dunya and problems in akhirat. In order for a person to understand and realize that this dunya is a very, very temporary place, this dunya is not the destination of insan, rather this is only a phase in his journey. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala sent the Anbiya alayhi wa salatu wa salam. Allah Ta'ala revealed the wahi upon them. And the Anbiya alayhi wa salatu wa salam guided insan, guided mankind towards Allah Ta'ala. Finally came Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Qur'an al-Kareem was revealed upon him. And with this wahi of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in various ways, highlighted to insan what is his object in life, what is his destination, what is his goal. And the Qur'an Sharif in many, many ways keeps bringing this reality to the mind of insan that don't make this world your destination, don't treat it as your permanent abode. This is not the place that a person should attach his heart to. This is just a little phase in his journey of towards eternity. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala brings the same message to us. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala says, هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ مِّنَ الدَّهْرِ لَمْ يَكُنْ شَيْءًا مَذْكُورًا That has this insan ever considered that time? Has he thought about this time that it passed upon him? When he wasn't even something mentioned, there was no mention of the existence of this insan. One is that period of time where before he was even in any form of existence. So there were millions of years that passed before this. And then there was a time when he was in some form of existence in the womb of his mother. But then too he was nothing worth mentioning. And this initial stage when he was not even worth any mention, Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّا خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ نُطْفَةٍ أَمْشَاجٍ That we created this insan from what? From a mingled drop, that mingled fluid, which was so najis that if it had to fall on a person's clothing, on his body, and it's beyond a certain amount, his salah will be valid also. It is compulsory to wash it off. This is how filthy and dirty that mingled drop was. 
And from that mingled drop, inna khalaqna insana min nutfatin amshajin nabtali. Allah Ta'ala says we brought out this insan from there, but there was an object for this. We brought him out from this mingled drop, nabtali, but so that we may test him, put, put this insan to a, a test and examination. The one aspect here is that we are being told to remember what our origin is. When a person forgets his origin, that's when much of the difficulty starts. When insan forgets that this was my origin. And even during this phase of life that I'm walking around, with a lot of sometimes titles to my name, with a lot of other things attached to my name, very big bank balance maybe, the things of dunya in abundance. But in this time also, what is my reality? That I carry filth and majasas within me all the time. This is like a mobile sewerage. And my end result in the cupboard, I'm going to turn to sand and dust. The worms are going to be eating up my body. So this is the start of points. This is what's going on throughout my life. And this is where I'm going to finish off. So we are being reminded here to think of our origin. When a person keeps his origin in mind, then this pride and arrogance will stay at bay. When he forgets his origin, then this pride will then keep in. Umar on one occasion came to the masjid while his Amirul Mu'mineen gathered the Sahaba Ikram. And then on the member, he addressed the Sahaba Ikram said to them that there was a time when Umar used to graze camels for his uncle. And having said this, he then came down from the member. Some Sahaba were all astonished, what is this? Samiru Mu'mineen gathers the Sahaba Ikram, then he stands on the member and says there was a time when Umar used to graze camels for his uncle. Then he comes down, where does it all fit in? Somebody said to him, what did you do? You are dishonoring yourself. He said, no, I was reminding myself. There was this thought across the mind, that, oh Umar, you are Amirul Mu'mineen today. So I was reminding myself that if you are today thinking you are somebody, remember this was your origin. This was a phase in your life, that you... We're not even worth anything else, you were grazing camels, which was the most menial, among the most menial tasks. But with just this waswasa, it wasn't even a real feeling of the heart, it was just a waswasa, passing thought. But this passing thought was also treated with this thinking of the reality, of the origin, thinking of the previous time of a person. There was this very well-known King Mahmud, and his slave Ayaz, there are many, many incidents that the Ahlullah explained regarding this, which has a lot of ibrat in it. So this slave Ayaz was very beloved to the king. And he was obviously being favored in a very big way also. One day somebody comes to the king and says to him that this Ayaz is up to something. He is up to some mischief. Something underhand is going on. Late at night he is going into the treasury. And he's up to something. The king was sure that this is totally baseless. But nevertheless, when these complaints continued, he said, very well, we will investigate it. He said, fine. Just take note of which time he's going in there and when is the right time. And when he's there, we will surprise him. We will just get there suddenly. He knew beforehand that definitely there's nothing on the hand. There's some good behind this, because he knew the person. But in any case now, others were in doubt, and they were also harboring some jealousy also, so now, now they were thinking this is ideal time to drop him down. This is the time now, now that we can really sort him out. So in any case, one day, again when he had gone into that room, so they came and notified the king, he's there now, and said, very well, let's go. So they came quietly, secretly, from some point, they see him sitting inside and he's wearing some very old ragged clothing. He's not wearing the normal clothing that he wears, the royal robes that he was given by the king. 
Then he says, finally they got the door opened out. What you are sitting in here and doing? And the king in a very reprimanding tone, what's going on with you? He said, no, all I come to do here is in this place, I have this old clothing kept one side, which I used to wear once upon a time, before I became the favorite of the king. And before I came into the kingdom of yours. But now that I'm in this royal position and enjoying all the favors of the king, from time to time I come in this seclusion, I take off all the royal robes, I put on these old ragged garments, and I sit and remind myself, Ayaz, remember this is who you wear. Remember these are the clothes you used to wear. Remember the kind of simple life you had. Remember you were nobody, nobody even wanted to take your name, nobody had any time for you, nobody gave you a second look, you were nobody. But now the king has favored you, don't forget all this. Don't let this get to your head. Don't let this make you proud and arrogant. Remember this is where you started off. So I come every night, once in a while, to remind myself what is my past. And that keeps my sanity, it keeps me balanced. It saves me from becoming proud and arrogant. Saves me from getting caught up into the glitter and glamour of what I have now. So Allah wa ta'ala is also taking us to this reality. He was nothing worth mentioning. He was not mentioned in any way first. And then when there was some form of existence, that too he was not worth mentioning. But then he was brought in dunya for what? Inna khalaqna al-insana min nutfatin amshadin nabtaleen. Allah Ta'ala says we created this insan from this mingled drop. But the whole object of bringing him in dunya wasn't so that he comes and makes dunya his permanent abode because it's never his permanent abode. And so that he might come in dunya and make this a place of merrymaking and amusement. No, this is then he is fallen into the deception of dunya. Allah Ta'ala says that this life of dunya is just a place of deception in terms of when a person gets caught up into the traps of nafs and shaitan. Then he has fallen in that deception. So this dunya Allah Ta'ala placed us in, this is a place of test. Now he's been tested. So Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّا خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ نُطْفَةٍ أَمْشَاجٍ لَبْتَلِينَ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ سَمِيعًا بَصِيرًا Allah Ta'ala says, we gave him now his hearing. We gave him his sight. These are among the main faculties by which he starts learning. The intelligence Allah Ta'ala blessed him with, his mind Allah Ta'ala gave him. And now due to this faculties that he has been blessed with, he starts progressing, starts learning a lot of things. But then after he goes forward in life, from that phase where he didn't manage to do anything for himself, he couldn't do a single thing for himself, he couldn't clean his own mess, he couldn't feed himself, he had no idea of what's going on around him, he was totally dependent on people around him for everything. Now Allah Ta'ala gave him strength, Allah Ta'ala gave him intelligence, Allah Ta'ala gave him all the ability. So now what does, does he do? Allah Ta'ala says, Inna hadayna hussabeel. Now he has to move on in life. This test has to start. So comes the age where now he becomes mukallab. He becomes now responsible. And now the obligations of Allah Ta'ala have now come upon him. Because his mind is now to that level where he has gained that understanding. Allah Ta'ala says he has given him the direction and the guidance. But then, this insan divides themselves in two groups. Allah Ta'ala says there are those who then become grateful to Allah Ta'ala. But then there are others who become ungrateful to Allah Ta'ala. Imma shakira wa imma kafura. There are those with very hearing and sight which Allah Ta'ala speaks about right at the beginning. They are grateful for this. They listen with it, what will benefit them in dunya and akhirat. They listen with it, what will be a means of taking them closer to Allah Ta'ala. 
They are those who become ungrateful to Allah Ta'ala. They use the same hearing that Allah Ta'ala blessed them with. What a great gift. Use it to listen to all that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. Listen to all the evil talk. Listen to all the things that are haram to listen to. The sight Allah Ta'ala gave. They are those who look at that which Allah Ta'ala will become pleased with. They look at the Quran Sharif. They recite the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. They look at their parents with muhabbat. And every look, they get the reward of one accepted hajj and umrah. They look at things that will benefit them, take them closer to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. But they are those who are kafura, ungrateful. They use that same sight Allah Ta'ala bless them with to look at what is haram. They look at that which displeases Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. There is somebody who is looking at his parents with love. There is somebody looking with the eye of anger at his own parents. Imma shakira wa imma kafura. Somebody looking at his wife with muhabbat, somebody kafura is looking at other people's wives. Totally two different groups people have made themselves into. Allah Ta'ala is saying. We've gave this insan this guidance. Imma shakira wa imma kafura. There are some who are grateful for all these faculties Allah Ta'ala blessed them with. Somebody this heart, Allah Ta'ala gave him, he gave this heart to Allah Ta'ala. That in this heart he has brought the love of Allah Ta'ala. In this heart he has brought the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And this heart which is king, he has made this heart obedient to Allah Ta'ala. So now when the heart is obedient to Allah Ta'ala, then the heart is king, the rest of the body also becomes obedient to Allah Ta'ala. And then there is a person who has given his heart to all ghayrullah. Given his heart to all kinds of haram, to illicit love, given his heart to dunya, given his heart to acquiring dunya in the way Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. The mu'min also acquires dunya. But he acquires dunya as part of shakura, as part of the group that is obedient to Allah Ta'ala, is grateful to Allah Ta'ala. He is that person who acquires this dunya in the way that Allah Ta'ala describes. This mu'min also acquires dunya. He earns it. But how does he earn it? Allah Ta'ala says that there are such men that la tulhihim tijara that tijarat and trade and business does not make them unmindful in any way. Anzikrillah from the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala this is all inclusive, the entire obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Kullu muti'in lillah fahuwa zakirun. The person who is obedient to Allah Ta'ala is in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And together with that, they are engaged in all the forms of remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. That doesn't become in, an obstacle in their tilawat, in their zikr, in their tasbihat, in their effort for deen. That trade becomes a means of helping them in all this. رِجَالُ اللَّهُ تُلِيهِمْ تِجَارَةُ وَلَابِعٌ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَإِقَامِ الصَّلَاةِ They are very grateful to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with all this. So that doesn't become an obstacle. Rather it helps them. It doesn't make them unmindful. وَإِقَامِ الصَّلَاةِ From establishing their salah. Rather their business also runs and is programmed around salah. Not that salah is programmed around their business. That if business gives a chance, then they will perform their salah. And if business doesn't permit, then that salah or jamaat will get up, missed out for sure. And if it happens in time, it will happen in time, otherwise it will become qaza also. No, because they are shakura. They are grateful to Allah wa ta'ala. They don't allow that business to become an obstacle in any way. That ob- occupation, that profession, that job, whatever it might be. And it doesn't become an obstacle in them fulfilling the obligation of zakat. Because at wealth, they understand this is a test from Allah Ta'ala. It's a gift from Allah Ta'ala, it's a test from Allah Ta'ala. يَخَافُونَ يَوْمًا تَتَقَلَّبُوا فِيهِ الْقُلُوبُ وَالْأَبْصَارِ They fear that day when hearts and eyeballs will overturn. Out of the awe of the day of Qiyamah. And the fear of what might happen. So this is that group that is shakur. They also earn. They also engage in business and commerce. They also have a job, a profession. 
but they earn in a way that that too is a sign of gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. And then there is, إِمَّا شَاكِرًا وَإِمَّا كَفُورًا There is the person who is then ungrateful to Allah Ta'ala. He forgets that all oh, this is a test. That which Allah Ta'ala gave him was not for a mean, to become a means of forgetting Allah Ta'ala. That was a means to support him and take him even closer to Allah Ta'ala. But he forgot Allah Ta'ala in it. So now he started earning in a way that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. He started earning in a way that he is harming the next person. He is trampling the rights of his fellow Muslims. Now this is on the other group. Imma Shakira, that is not, he is not part of that group. He has now become among the ungrateful. Now this test that he is in, this is now failing the test. That person also was in the test. He was earning dunya also. He was passing the test. This person is also in dunya, but he's failing the test. Because earning the dunya in the way Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. This test, we are all in this test all the time. And as this time of the year comes, many a person is saying, please make dua with you. In our trial examination, and as the year goes little bit further, and everybody will be in that examination mode, Allah Ta'ala has kept us constantly reminded that we are all in this examination. When a person is in this examination mode, then the figure is something totally different. Then, even when he is having a light moment, but his mind is still occupied in that concern. Even if he is in the lap of comfort and luxury, but he doesn't forget that I am writing the paper tomorrow. He can be flying in the most luxurious manner to some destination, but he knows only time there is examination. He doesn't forget that for one moment. So this is an examination that Allah Ta'ala wants us to remember all the time, that this dunya is a very temporary place. We are all headed towards akhirat. And we are presently in this time of tests. Abdullah bin Rawahar, or one of the Sahaba Ikram, this is their statement, that ubtulina biddarra fasabarna, summa ubtulina bissarra falam nasbir. Since we were tested, first we were tested with adversity, with hardship, with difficulty. And we passed this test. We made sabr upon it, we passed this test. In other words, this didn't divert us in any way from Allah Ta'ala. Despite the challenge, despite the difficulty, despite the hardship, despite the poverty, despite the pangs of hunger, despite all the things that happen, but we remain steadfast on thee. Then he says, and he's saying obviously from his level. What his level was, that for us, what he is talking about, for us is a very great virtue. He says, And then we were tested with ease. That that difficulty that we initially experienced went away. Now things became easy. There was abundance. Says we didn't make sabr. We didn't make sabr what the Sahaba spoke about. For us is a very big sabr. They are talking from their category and level. But that too they regarded as a problem, as a sin for themselves. That that level of iman that we enjoyed in that test of adversity, we didn't enjoy that same height of iman. Like the time when Hazrat Hanzala radiallahu ta'ala returned home from the majlis of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and then he came home and felt a slight change which was a natural effect of the environment of the home that he wasn't directly in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he felt that that same fervor of iman which enjoyed in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that same fervor of iman was not being experienced at home there wasn't anything wrong happening it was just a little difference in that fervor of iman but this made him, because of this akhirat being in front of them all the time, this brought him out of his home with extreme concern, saying, Nafaka Hanzala. On his tongue is this statement, Nafaka Hanzala. The slight change in his heart that he detected made him pass his fatwa against himself that Hanzala has become a munafiq. That in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu enjoyed the serve of Iman of that level, why did that change? This is something terribly wrong within myself. So therefore he dis- described himself as a munafiq. Can we imagine what our condition is, where we are and how far away we are, and if the sahaba had to see us, what kind of fatwa they would pass against us. 
But what the lesson from all this is, that they constantly reminded themselves and remembered that they are in this state of test, they are in this sea of examination. And when a person is in an examination, he understands what the examination means. And he is ready to undertake whatever the restrictions are for the sake of passing that examination. Person is in that examination hall, so now there are so many restrictions on him. He is feeling hungry, so you know you can't eat now. You are in this examination hall now, you can't eat. See, but the food is halal, I bought it with my own money. See, still you can't eat it now. You try to do your own thing now, you'll fail. So he abides by it. He wants to walk around, he's feeling a bit tired. See, you can't walk around, you sit where you are. Because you are in this examination hall now. So he's ready to accept that restriction, he can't walk around. He wants to talk to the person next to him. He can't talk to him. Is it haram to talk to somebody? I just want to ask him how he is. No, you can't talk to him. You are now under examination. When he is in that examination hall, he accepts all these restrictions. Why? Because he understands that this is a very temporary phase. It's a three hour, five hour, whatever time it might be, if it's a whole day also. But once this day has passed, once this three hours have passed, then I will have the freedom of doing what I want to do. But the biggest thing is that once this restriction has been abided by, and then I've passed this examination, then comes the time of reward. When I've passed the examination, then comes the time to enjoy. I've passed the examination, now all the sacrifice will be worth the while. And if I choose to just do my own things now, I choose to just rebel against the rules, that I'm told not to eat, I want to eat. I'm told you can't walk around, I insist on walking around. So for a moment I will enjoy myself. I will enjoy the food that I want to eat now. I will enjoy walking around. But then when the result will come, it will say failed. When the result comes failed, now it will be doom and destruction. Now all the difficulties and hardship will start. It will be too late to reverse the process. The examinations of dunya, a person still gets a second chance. But if a person fails the examination of akhirat, now we are in this examination hall of dunya. And Allah Ta'ala has placed some restrictions on us. That you eat that which I have allowed you to eat. What I have not allowed you, that is restricted. You look at that which I have allowed you to look at. Say to the believing men to lower their gazes and to protect their chastity. So now this is restricted. So now there is that restriction that the person is abiding by. Come what may, I will fulfill the command of Allah. He wants to speak, but Allah has placed restriction on his tongue. Say to my believing servants, they must speak that which is best. So now he abides by the restriction. He has to hold his tongue. Sometimes he has to really rein it in. But that striving and that mujahada against the dictates of the nafs, against the temptations of shaitan, but now he's seeing ahead. This is an examination hall. The temptation is there to just earn anything, to put his hand on whatever comes. Whether it is halal, haram, just ignore that. But then he realizes this is a time of examination. For now it will seem I'll enjoy it. But this enjoyment also is a big deception. The person seems to enjoy it. But that's just the outer. But it seems on the outside the person is enjoying himself. Ask his heart. Because the azab of Allah Ta'ala first falls on the heart of the person. And as a result, despite sometimes being in the lap of luxury, but the person is contemplating suicide also. Allah Ta'ala save us. That despite having all the luxuries and comforts of dunya, but the person says, I've got no life. And this is what Allah Ta'ala has already spelled out to us in the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says, the one who a'arada an dhikri, who turned his back onto our remembrance, onto my remembrance. The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's command, the five times salah, he decided this is something I'll do later in life. Time of fajr, he felt, no, this is, I'm very comfortable in my bed now. We are going to wake up from the bed and go to the masjid now. It's time for zuhr, we are going to leave my shop and go now. 
the time of Asar, Maghrib, Isha, something else came in the way. When it was the command of Allah wa ta'ala to lower his gaze, he says, now I'm going to deprive myself of this. But the time of the command of Allah ta'ala came to fulfill the rights of others, he says, well, now this is the time for me to enjoy. I'll see to the other rights of others later on. So he kept on turning his back to the commands of Allah ta'ala. Allah ta'ala says, وَمَنْ أَعْرَدَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً دَنْكَ he is doing this in order to try and get a good life. To try and enjoy life. Allah Ta'ala is promising. فَإِنَّ لَهُ With emphasis, we will give him a very difficult life. A straightened life. A hard life. A hard life and straightened life. Allah Ta'ala doesn't, is not in need of taking all the things of dunya away from a person to give him a hard life. Rather sometimes Allah Ta'ala says to give a person a hard life, we open our dunya to him. That when a person disobeys Allah Taala, sometimes that becomes a means of dunya opening out to him. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Taala speaks about this. That the person who forgot Allah Taala, falamma nasuma dukkiru bihi fatahna alayhim abwaab kulli shay. Allah Taala says when they forgot all that they were reminded about. And they went on without any heat, without any care, just continued disobeying Allah Taala. What became the end result? Fatahna alayhim kulli shay. Allah Taala says we opened out the doors of everything for them. Take. So the person fell into greater deception. This is when that was happening. The person was earning against the commands of Allah Taala, trampling the laws of Allah Taala. Without any regard for what Allah Ta'ala has commanded, without any regard for the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala says, then we opened out everything for him. And he got in a greater deception. He said, well, if this, what I'm doing was a problem, was wrong, then why is it all opening out to me? Why am I not suffering? Why is that person suffering? He is refusing to take something because of interest involved, then why is he suffering? Why his deals are not going through, my deals are going through. I must be doing something right. So Allah Ta'ala says that he forgot that this is a test. That a person sometimes is given something, is given something which might be simple food. But that person being given that simple food too, is being given with love. He's a mehman. He's a guest for somebody. So he's presented whatever is available, but he's presented it with love. And sometimes there is that very choice piece of cheese that is placed in that Trap the drastic things that my Eid gave me. That the person who was sitting on the Dasarkhan somewhere else, he also didn't have this kind of cheese to eat. But that wasn't given with love. That parrot is also in the cage. That parrot is fed those seeds with love, with mohabbat. Whatever kind of mohabbat for that animal also. And that trap, that rat also, this cheese placed in that trap for it, which is worth more than the seeds that the parrot is given. But there's not place with love. Not with muhabbat. This is a trap. Allah Ta'ala is saying, we'll set the trap out for them then. When repeatedly the warnings, the reminders of Allah Ta'ala are given to them, and they just turn a blind eye to it. They just keep ignoring it. Turning a blind eye to it. Allah Ta'ala says, فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ We open out the doors of everything to them. And then, حَتَّى إِذَا فَرِحُوا بِمَا أُوتُوا when they now become proud over that which they have been given, become arrogant over it. Now the next person means nothing. The next person, his rights can be trampled in any way. His dues are not fulfilled. He's treated in any way. Now suddenly when the time comes, Allah Ta'ala says, when we take them to task suddenly, أَخَذْنَاهُمْ بَغْتَةً Now when the moment of the azab comes, now a person is totally bewildered. What happened? Where this came from? The qudrat of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us, Allah Ta'ala sometimes manifests His qudrat. That the so-called superpowers of the world also just stand by helplessly. There's nothing we can do. We are totally helpless, we can do nothing. All our technology, all our might, all our power, 
whatever we were proud about, whatever we were very arrogant over, whatever we thought we were superpowers, now we are coming to the realization that we are powerless, let alone being any power. That we have no power. The only power is Allah Taala, And the only superpower is Allah Taala. From time to time Allah Ta'ala manifests His Qudrat. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So this comes as a test sometimes. And the person forgot this was a test. And now as a result, because he turned a blind eye to all the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala says on the day of Qiyamah also, that when we will raise them, we will raise them blind. And they will say, Ya Allah, why you raise us blind? لِمَا حَشَرْتَنِي أَعْمَى وَقَدْ كُنْتُ بَصِيرًا Ya Allah, you raised me blind today. In the world, my whole life, I had beautiful sight. I could see far. I didn't even need any glasses. لِمَا حَشَرْتَنِي أَعْمَى وَقَدْ كُنْتُ بَصِيرًا قَالَ كَذَلِكَ أَتَتْكَ آيَاتُنَا فَنَسِيتَهَا وَكَذَلِكَ الْيَوْمَ تُنْسَى He will be told on the day of Qiyamah that my verses were being repeatedly mentioned to you. My signs were being made visible to you. But you turned a blind eye to it. Fanasitaha. You forgot about it. You turned a blind eye to it. Tunsa. Today you will be forgotten also from the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. So this dunya, this is a very, very temporary time that we are here. And this temporary time on the one side, this is the route that some person takes. Imma Shakira, that he is either grateful to Allah Ta'ala, wa imma kafura, otherwise he becomes ungrateful to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, he chooses the path of disobedience, the path of disregard for the commands of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, the path of disregard for the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But then that is what brings his destruction in dunya and akhirat. Allah ta'ala has filled the Qur'an Sharif with all the incidents of the Amiyya the incidents of the people and the nations of the past, all this as ibrat for us, that we will come to this realization, we will remind ourselves, Repeatedly by means of the things mentioned in the Quran Sharif by what Rasulullah has mentioned to us that we are in this test, we are in this examination that it is not wealth that will make us pass this test it is fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala in that wealth that will make us pass the test it is not the strength that a person has that will make him pass that he has a lot of strength and power and might it is fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala in that power and strength that Allah Ta'ala has given him that will make him pass the test it is not his intelligence and faculties that will make him pass, but using it to fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala that will make him pass. Otherwise he misuses all this, misuses that wealth, misuses all the faculties Allah Ta'ala gave him, misuses that power Allah Ta'ala gave him, though as limited as it is, Allah Ta'ala gave him some authority over somebody else, some influence over somebody. He appears to be somebody else being dependent on him in some way, for their risk apparently. So now he misuses this authority that he has. Then this is going to be a means of failing this test. So this life is a test all the time. A person is to be conscious of this. And the person who conducts himself in a way that is pleasing to Allah. Man amila saliham min dhakarin awunsa wa huwa mu'min. Then he will pass this test. The first reward of passing this test will come in this dunya. One was that person who turned his back on the commands of Allah Ta'ala with all the things of dunya. But he will have the azab of Allah Ta'ala on his heart. And this life will become difficult. And despite all the luxuries and comforts of dunya, he will still be complaining that I don't have life. I have the things of life, but I don't have life. I have the means of comfort, but I don't have comfort. Whereas, if the person conducted himself according to the commands of Allah, and he has iman, he's filled his heart with the love of Allah, with the consciousness of Allah. But together with that iman, he is doing righteous actions. Throughout the Quran, both these things are coupled together. Iman and amal saliha complete success will come on the combination of these two things. Imam is the foundation. The person has Imam, inshallah he will certainly be successful. But without Amal-e-Saliha, whether he will get direct success, that is not guaranteed. 
He wants complete success, 100% success, success in dunya already, and immediate direct success in the akhirat as well, then he will have to have iman and amal salihah. And Allah Ta'ala says then, فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ hayatan tayyiba." The first bounty will come in dunya itself. Allah Ta'ala says, we'll give them hayate tayyiba. Hayate tayyiba, good life. What is a good life? Is a good life that a person has all the things of dunya? If that was really the criterion of a good life, Allah Ta'ala would have blessed Rasulullah with all the things of dunya. And Nabi Salaam would have accepted it also. But whereas when Nabi Salaam was offered, and this was to make it apparent to the entire world and entire mankind till Qiyamah, that this is not the criteria of a good life. Nabi Salaam was offered that if you wish, we'll make the mountains into gold for you. Make Mount Ohud into gold for you and follow you. But Nabi Salaam made it apparent and clear for everybody that this is not what is the criteria of success. This is rather a test. If it comes to somebody, it comes in a halal way, he used it correctly, he passed the test, that is Noorun ala Noor. And otherwise this became a challenge for him and he failed it, that became a bigger problem for him. The criteria of success nevertheless is not this. Hayat tayyiba therefore cannot be hinged on this. Otherwise Nabi Islam would have accepted it. What he accepted or what he chose, he chose, what I want is rather one day I have something to eat, I will make shukar that day. And one day I don't have anything, I will make sabr that day. Nabi Islam chose poverty. This was something ikhtiyari. He, he chose it. It wasn't something that was out of his control. Why did he choose it? Because there will be those ummatis of his who will not have that option. Poverty will be their lot. But they will be able to identify with Rasulullah That my Nabi Islam also suffered this. So therefore this is not a sign of being unsuccessful. This is not a sign of failure. A sign of failure doesn't mean that a person is in poverty, that he is in failure. And neither is a sign of success that a person has all the wealth of dunya. Poverty and success doesn't mean either way. What is success is that a person has fulfilled the commands of Allah Taala, whether in wealth or in poverty. And failure is that a person has turned his back on the commands of Allah Taala and the way of Rasulullah whether in wealth or whether in poverty. So Rasulullah chose this to make it clear that this doesn't mean hayat tayyibah in itself. Does hayat tayyibah mean that a person has kingdom? Then if that was the case, Firon would have had it. Qarun would have had it. Allah Ta'ala says that they didn't have it. Inna Qaruna kana min qawmi Musa alihim. He became the biggest rebel of the time. What became the end result? وَآتَيْنَاهُمْ مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ مَا إِنَّ مَفَاتِحَهُ لَتَنُوءُ بِالْعُسْبَةِ أُولِ الْقُوَى Allah Ta'ala says, we gave him so much as a result of his rebellion, as a test, that forget the wealth and the treasures itself, even all the keys, an entire group of strong men could not carry the keys. What about the treasures? But did that mean that he was successful? فَخَسَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِدَارِهِ الْأَرْضِ Allah Ta'ala says, what is his end result? Think about his end result. We caused him and all his entire kingdom, everything to get solid in the earth. Is that success? If wealth was success, then Qarun would have been successful. And if power was success and kingdom was success, then Fir'aun would have been it. But even the sea refused to accept his body. Such disgrace and humiliation came already in dunya. That you will be a means of a lesson for people for the day of Qiyamah that if this was success then you would have been successful but today this disgrace that even this ground is not prepared to this sea is not prepared to accept you you are getting thrown out so what is the success the success Allah Ta'ala says man amila saliham min dhakrina untha wa huwa mu'min falanuhiyannahu hayatan tayyiba in dunya also a good life will come this good life is where Allah Ta'ala will grant this contentment in the heart Allah Ta'ala will grant with his muhabbat. Allah Ta'ala will grant the sukoon and itminan. He will have this tranquility with or without the means of dunya. With or without the comforts and luxuries of dunya. But he will have the serenity and peace that people are looking for everywhere else. But it's only to be found in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So this is a test for this insan to understand 
that this dunya will keep deceiving. That wealth will deceive. That if you acquire me, then you'll be successful. That power will deceive. That if you gain power, then you'll be successful. And all the other things of dunya will deceive. But Allah Ta'ala has already spelled out and some Yambi Alim Salatu Wasalam to explain to us that success doesn't lie in any of these things. Success lies only in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will grant him that sukoon and itminan. And then, in fulfilling the laws of Allah Ta'ala, this is where he will get what people don't get in the comforts and luxuries of dunya. Ibrahim bin Adham Rahmatullahi, great personality of his time, great gudrugan, Highest servant of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, he used to take a qasam. He used to take a qasam and say, Wallah, inna lafi lazzatin, law alimahal muluk, la jadaluna alihi bisuyuf. He used to take a qasam of Allah Ta'ala. And he used to say, Wallah, we experience such joy in our hearts. Whereas what did he have of dunya? He had forsaken the kingdom that he had. He had forsaken the kingdom and he was completely away from all the things of dunya. And after having forsaken whatever dunya he had also, now he's taking a qasam of Allah Ta'ala. He is having the most simple of food now. He is living in the most simple of conditions. And he's taking a qasam of Allah Ta'ala. And saying by Allah we enjoy that peace and serenity in our hearts. If the kings had to come to know about it, they would come and try to snatch it at the edge of a sword. They would try to come and take it away at the by, by waging war against us. But this is that wealth which is deep down in the heart. All the wars of the world can't take this away. This is something Allah Ta'ala blesses in the heart of a person. So this is the first success that will come in dunya already. That he will get pleasure in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. He will get pleasure in serving the deen of Allah Ta'ala. He will get happiness in sacrificing for Allah Ta'ala. Rather than trying to snatch away things of others to make himself happy. He will spend on others and feel happy that Allah Ta'ala is now pleased with him. He will spend in the cause of Allah Ta'ala. He will spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala and feel happy that Allah Ta'ala has accepted this from him. And when This is already in dunya Then the qabr is success upon success for him. And what's in akhirat is beyond his imagination. In the hadith Qudsi Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala says, أَعْدَدْتُ لِعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ مَا لَا عِينٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرْ أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم that I have prepared, Allah Ta'ala is saying, that I have prepared for my pious servants. Those who pass the test of dunya, they recognize dunya as a test. They didn't get caught up in the deception of dunya. They didn't allow dunya to derail them from the laws of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. From the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa They remain steadfast on deen. They remain steadfast on serving deen. They made dunya their need and deen their object of life. They didn't allow deen, deen to become just something as a secondary aspect and dunya to be their qibla of life. No, deen was their object of life. Earning the pleasure of Allah wa ta'ala was their object of life. Serving the deen of Allah ta'ala was the object of their life. And dunya was their necessity of life. As a result, they passed this test of dunya. Allah Ta'ala says, أَعَدَدْتُ لِعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ Now the time comes for them to get the reward. Like the person now passed that exam of dunya. So he now gets rewarded with that one degree. He gets rewarded with some prizes. He gets rewarded with maybe some award. He gets rewarded with so many other things. And how often it happens that after all those awards and rewards and accolades and whatever he got, before he could enjoy anything, he's gone. He got all these things, but he's still looking around for a job. Many a person with so many degrees to his name is still without a job. So sometimes this also happens in dunya. That what was supposed to be the reward, the person is still without the reward. But in akhirat, the person who's passed the test of dunya and he's come to the akhirat in a way that he is successful, then the reward of akhirat, that is 100%. Allah Ta'ala says, أَعْدَدْتُ لِعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ مَا لَا عَيْنٌ What no eye has seen, that is what I have prepared for my servants. وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَدْ No ear has even heard of. وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرْ No heart has even imagined what Allah Ta'ala has got in store for his pious servants in Akhirat. But in order to get to that Akhirat and pass and get all these ni'mats and bounties of Akhirat, this is a test of life. 
we have to make this dunya. And to the extent we will make this dunya, we will get that itminan and rahat qalb and that hayat tayyibah in dunya already and our akhirat will get made. That requires that we make our iman and we make this amal salihah. This condition that Allah Ta'ala has placed وَمَنْ يَعْمَلَ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ Iman and amal-e salihah. Just like all the things of dunya require an effort. We make an effort for the small, trivial things of dunya. Without an effort, we can't learn, a child can't learn something that will enable him to pass from grade zero to grade one. He'll have to make an effort to learn. Wake up early in the morning. He doesn't want to, he wants to sleep. Parents send him still. The parents also make the sacrifice a child to pass grade zero. In order to get to grade one, so many sacrifices. Take him and go and drop him off at that school and then go fetch him and then so many other things go along with it. And then together with whatever he's being sent to school, more than half the work still the parents have to do at home. But after all that effort, he passes what is still called grade zero. He's not even on one yet. He's still on zero. But even passing zero also requires so much of effort. That iman and that amal saliha which will get a person this hayat tayyibah of dunya, that iman and amal saliha which will make him pass qabr, that iman and amal saliha which will enable him to pass on the day of qiyamah, which will enable him to answer the question that will be asked of every person standing on the day of qiyamah, that no person will be able to move from the spot he is standing on until he is asked about his life, about his wealth, from where he earned his wealth, how he spent his wealth, about his youth, how he spent that youth of his, his life, how he spent it. About his knowledge, how he acted upon the knowledge that he had. That Iman and Amal Salihah that will enable him to pass the questioning on the day of Qiyamah. That Iman and Amal Salihah that will take him directly to Jannah. If he can't pass grade zero without an effort, how is it going to be possible to gain all these great things without an effort? For that is his effort of deen. All the efforts of deen, this effort of da'wat and tabliyah, this effort of making an effort on our iman, effort on our own amal, reminding one another, making an effort on the iman of one and all, that we can also go to jannat, we can also pass this test of dunya and pass the akhirat, and how every single ummati of Rasulullah can pass through this test of dunya and pass through the test of akhirat as well. This is what this entire effort is all about, that we make our dunya and akhirat, they make the dunya and akhirat of others also. So for this, mashallah, all these efforts are taking place. The ijtima is also around the corner. All the jamaats that are coming and going. For this, we need to be also putting ourselves forward. Let us, inshallah, make our intentions, give our names. The, the qadha that we put forward in front of us now, we also present ourselves so that we make our iman, make our amal, we make our dunya and akhirat, and we help one another as well. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq.